0: Bob Myers stepping down, leaving the Golden State Warriors. What does that mean for them? The NBA Finals coming up later. We'll get an early preview. And the Boston Celtics, the team I cover, out, done. What does that mean for Jalen Brown's future? It's all right now on the Locked On NBA Podcast.
1: You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On NBA podcast. It's a Wednesday and that means it's us and I'm back. You're back. I'm back. I'm back. No NBA finals for me. (laughs) I'm John Corrales. Now you're definitely regular Wednesday host here. You can find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. Obviously I cover the Celtics for Locked On Celtics. And I'm Jake Madison, host
1: of the Locked On Pelicans podcast on Twitter at Nola Jake. Welcome back! It's like Man. summer vacation started
0: for you now. I know, I know. It's uh, it's a little tough. It's I, I really, I mean, I would have been back today anyway. Uh, yeah. But I, I would have been back with like an NBA Finals credential. I would have been all feeling myself. All get the, and the all charter that. and
1: everything. booked. Yeah, all what all time that. did you go to sleep last night?
0: Five. 15
1: a.m. was the what was the mood in the arena after that? Like just the general, like immediate like feeling from like everybody. So
0: it it was really interesting the way it progressed because when I say that building wanted it, that building was electric at 8:30. And they were cheering everything. Jake, the jump ball kind of like tipped around and fell into Jalen Brown's hands, and the crowd erupted like he had just hit a three. So They were that hyped. And then the Celtics started to like miss every shot they took. And the crowd just started cheering at random times to just try to pump up the Celtics. Like, all right, come on, let's go. And then it went to silence. And then it went to booze. And then it just kind of was like, all right, we're out of here with like five minutes to go. (laughs) It was, it just, it devolved into like kind of shock, kind of shock. You know, a loss is one thing. The way it went out was another um, and it does raise a question about the Celtics and their future because not only was this another disappointment not only is Jalen Brown eligible for the Supermax extension uh, and and so that that leaves a contractual element to this the new collective bargaining agreement is really gonna hurt the Celtics it's like they got caught in a raid on the 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 uh, Warriors and the Clippers and like they just walked into the room while it was being raided. And they're like, you, you're busted too. And the Celtics are like, we never spend money. Why are we getting caught up in this? But here they are. So they do have some decisions to make here uh, about their future. It's interesting to hear your perspective from the outside, from the way you saw the Celtics kind of, I don't know, collapse. Fall. I don't even know what it would be called and, and what, what you think they might need to do.
1: Yeah. Before we get to that, today's episode of Locked On NBA brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Don't don't worry, John. You're rusty. You were were up up late covering the game. (laughs) And um, I don't know what to make of them just yet. And it feels like we know what they're going to do. And that's here, let's do it with the real or fake, which we do every Wednesday here. So who Let's get it right off of the bat because it's kind of fun. And I think it's in theory on the table. So it's real or fake. This Boston Celtics need to trade Jalen Brown. I'll go first here. Okay. It's fake for this off season because I don't think you want to overreact too much. You have a first-time 34-year-old head coach who had never had front of bench experience at the NBA level, clearly making some mistakes, right? The challenge sure. that turned from two free throws into three free throws almost lost them the game in 6 or the series in 6 instead of 7. There are a number of things that if those change, maybe it doesn't get to this point and maybe the Celtics don't go down 0-3 and things kind of look a little bit differently. And they've been a somewhat perennial contender making the finals last year, making, you know, the conference finals before you don't want to pull the plug on that too soon. You you know, you, you look at a team like the Denver Nuggets where it took six years of Michael Malone to make an NBA finals a little bit more than that. And you don't want to give up on a guy like Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. too soon when you know you're good and it's just hard to win a title and you need a little luck to go your way. But you make the really good point of, oh, my God, the collective bargaining agreement and what it's going to do to some of these top teams and let alone Jalen Brown's super max extension is a staggering number of two hundred and eighty five point six million dollars with a starting annual salary of forty nine point two. And after that complete just. No show off yeah. of game seven, man, that sticker price is tough. That makes him the highest paid player in NBA history. I think like, yeah, you really want to give that to Jalen Brown after that game. And you don't want one series to color your view, but this is one of those things of if the Celtics don't make the finals or even win the finals, it might be finals or bust after next season. Mm. Can you run it back then? I think we're a year too early on this conversation truly being a thing But in like 12 months from now, man, like this is going to, I'm I'm probably going to be
0: saying real. Yeah, it is fake. It is fake right now. Um, The thing to really, and and you're, you're right. There's, there's an immediacy to this conversation that's being kind of thrown out there by a lot of the talking heads, Jalen Brown. Do you want to make Jalen Brown the highest paid player in NBA history after eight turnovers in a game seven? Like, right. No, right. (laughs) Like, No, that's a
1: terrible thing.
0: But also, we're in a stretch here where everybody, every new guy is going to be the highest paid player in NBA history. It's it's like in the NFL too, right?
1: Whenever a new QB gets a contract, he's the highest paid player in NFL history. So it's like, okay.
0: Jason Tatum's going to get an extension in two years. That's going to make him the highest paid player in NBA history. There's going to be an entire class there in the first year of that new TV deal that's going to make them... like Jalen Brown, for now, starting at the high 40s, as a salary looks insane, but in three years, it's going to be right back down to the the tier below the superstar players, the real superstar players. And Jalen's a second team, all NBA guy. He's going to be an all NBA guy, I think for a little while or potential all NBA guy for a little while. So the money don't get caught up in the money, what it looks like right away. By the time that contract is over, it's going to look normal in comparison to all the insane numbers that are going to be thrown out there from everybody else. So it's important to remember he's 26. Jason Tatum is 24. They just had a new coach. Um, I literally just finished recording the lockdown Celtics podcast where the entire podcast is these guys need to get on the same page before they figure anything out. Brad Stevens has built a team. He built a team that was going to be coached by Ime Udoka. That obviously fell apart. Then it was coached by Joe Mazzulla, who had a different idea. And then these guys have their own ideas of how things are supposed to go. So the stars, the coach, and the GM all need to get together so they can figure out exactly what the direction is, what they're going to be, who are the Celtics, really. Because the one thing when I say Miami Heat, you know. When I say Miami heat, exactly what you're getting. But when I say Boston Celtics, I don't think anybody knows who, okay. Well, well, which, which Boston Celtics team are you looking at? Are you looking at game, you know, game five? Are you looking at game seven? Are you looking at the team that, that roared out to their, you know, winning 20 some odd games, 20 and five or whatever it was, who, what team are you getting? And that's the thing that they need to figure out. So until they figure that out, stick with the guy that you know like stick with the, the 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 duo that has proven it can get to the finals they just fell short one game short i think if you can get past this tumultuous kind of season and figure out who you are then you get a better sense of what you need who you need and like you said i agree with you next summer is when they can say are they celebrating a championship? And you say, All right, well, then whatever. Let's, when you celebrate a championship, everything's on you. Great. No, no, no worries
1: there. Then it's, it's, I look at it similar to a team, the other teams that changed their head coaches, right? When all that heat was on Joe Missoula when they're down 0 3, and maybe they need to fire him. They need to do something else. You, you heard a lot of that kind of chatter, and they were never going to do that, I don't think, because you look at teams, and, and, and it goes to the conversation with Jalen Brown, right? It's easier to change a head coach than it is the players. And it's a star-driven league, and he's a second-team All-NBA guy, as you mentioned. He's a two-way player, too. He's great defensively. How many of those exist throughout the league, right? If you can tweak other things around Tatum and Brown, that's what you're going to try and do first before you trade away one of them. It's why the uh, Philadelphia 76ers fired Doc Rivers, brought in Nick Nurse, Different voice. Let's not try and get rid of Embiid and Harden, though we'll see with that just yet. (laughs) Same thing for the Phoenix Suns, right? With Monty Williams, they're going to try and keep that team together because they don't really have options to completely turn it over. And same for the Milwaukee Bucks. You change the things that are easier to change and give you maybe a tweak towards success. You don't do that by trading the players. You know, the Bucks aren't trading Giannis, they're not trading Drew, they're not trading Middleton. Same, same for the Celtics here. In a year, different conversation, Sure, but it likely is going to sure. be with a new head coach even before getting rid of Jalen Brown.
0: Yeah, that, and that might be the case. Um, although I will say I don't think that's going to happen now, but we'll see. We'll see. So right now I expect the Celtics to kind of stay as is at least in the, the majority. They probably will make some moves. They might have to because of the new collective bargaining agreement, but I don't think Jalen Brown is going anywhere. Even after eight turnovers, that sent the Miami Heat to the NBA Finals as an eighth seed. The Denver Nuggets sitting there saying, "Oh, we got home court. How about that? Uh, Let's let's talk a little NBA Finals, shall we?" Yeah. All right. We're gonna do that next here. Next, first, let's talk about FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during these NBA Finals because right now, you new customer. You get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500. $2,500 in casual parlance. You get that back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So go check it out. It's a safe, secure app. You can get paid right away. You can scroll through FanDuel. There are a lot of options. There are a lot of promotions every day. You can get some special offers here and there. And, And really, everything you want to bet on is on a very easy to use app. There's no better place, all playoffs, to get that action in, better than the number one sports book in America. Visit FanDuel.com/lockedon. Get a no sweat first bet up to two thousand five hundred dollars. That's FanDuel.com/lockedon. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. We just ask you to please gamble responsibly. Thank you for making Locked On NBA. Your first listen every day. You can go listen to Locked On Heat, Locked On Nuggets to get in-depth NBA Finals coverage. I know tomorrow's podcast is going to be all about the NBA Finals, but I'm not going to let Nick and Pat have all the fun. I want to have some fun talking about the Finals too, even while the sting of losing to the Heat is still fresh. Uh, we'll start there. Start there. What impressed you
1: the most about this Miami heat team seeing them in person over, you know, now seven games.
0: Yeah. Um, well, Caleb Martin is a God. Um, one of the, <laughs> one of the most vicious things that I saw on Twitter was the retweet of the old Charlotte Hornets tweet saying official. We have waved Caleb Martin. I was like, damn, that is just cold blooded. Uh, but honestly the most impressive thing about the heat and why I did my podcast today about the Celtics needing to be on the same page is just how from top to bottom, Miami knows exactly who they are. They know exactly what they're doing and they go out there and everyone's trying to execute the exact same thing at the exact same time. Despite the, you know, you can say talent disparity, despite age, despite me saying plenty of times that I don't think they have any gas left They just find it within themselves to just execute as precisely as possible. So guys like Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent and Duncan Robinson and Max Struess can hit shots and make plays that are just killers. So super, super impressed as much as I've given them a lot of grief and talked a lot of smack on my podcast, super impressed with the precision and the cohesiveness of this Miami Heat team.
1: I mean, look, culture is a thing for a reason. I I also wonder when you have a guy like Jimmy Butler, right, who is just hyper-competitive, goes all out when he's healthy, when he's out there on the court. And does that just Uh, force these guys to, like, raise their – Level, right? You go back to that story with him in Minnesota where what he was on like the third – he was like, I hate it here. And then he decided to practice with like the third team and they beat the starters because he just kind of like willed them to victory. And it's like – it's a thing, man. The dude's like just – willpower and how it radiates through the team even if he's having a bad game like you can't let Jimmy Butler down it feels like same for like Udonis Haslam there too if you go and read any of the articles written about heat culture listen to how I won't call it abusive Udonis Haslam is because it works there but it's like not not that when he'll go up to players and be like It's tough love. He's like, you're fat. You need to get in better shape. Look at me. I have six and a half percent body fat. You better get there too. And it works. And they they do it because these guys kind of embody all of that. And so, you know, you look at them and you don't feel like they match up particularly great with Denver. Let's say it feels like this is going to be a Denver runaway. And then. I can't comfortably say that, actually, given everything they've done this postseason, constantly beating higher-seeded teams because they because they were the eighth seed. And look at where they are now. And there's just something to that group and heat culture that you don't it's, – it's like Popovich, right? You never wanted to count him out on missing the playoffs till it truly happened. And now I feel the same way about heat culture.
0: Yeah, yeah. But the thing about Denver that it, they are kind of right there with – Miami, that's yes. a group they know, they know who they are. They know what they're doing. They've got talent in the right places to do it. Jamal Murray. I'm excited. I might be most excited for Jamal Murray because he's the guy like everybody knows Jimmy Butler. And if Jimmy Butler wins a championship, you know, good for him. Um, I think a lot of people will be happy for him. Maybe not in Minnesota, but other places, they would be happy for him, but for Chicago or, Philly. or Chicago, <laughs> yep. Joel Embiid will be very happy there's no bigger uh, Jimmy Butler fan than Joel Embiid. But I think that I'm just, just thrilled for Jamal Murray to get some of this national shine. And I hope he can step up with this. But to me, it just boils down to the best player in the series is going to be Nikola Jokic. And they they don't have an answer for Jokic. I mean, Bam Adebayo mm. is, is great, but Anthony Davis couldn't handle Nikola Jokic. And so Bam Adebayo won't be able to either. And I just think Jokic is on this next level. I feel like Jokic at the end of the regular season when he just kind of paced himself and he's like, yeah, it felt like I don't care about the MVP. I'm I've got a plan. And this is kind of like the, the culmination of his plan. I like, I like what he can do, how much better he makes his teammates. And, and frankly, the Celtics and the heat just went seven brutal games I thought the Miami heat would run out of gas in game seven. I don't know how much they're going to have. And now you got to go to Denver altitude for game one and game two. I think that's going to sap a lot of that energy that they have left. They will put up a fight for sure, but I just don't think they can get past Denver.
1: The, the size advantage I think is really important in this series. And you mentioned Bam at a bio is great. And I didn't, Love his play throughout this series with the Celtics, particularly the final, you know, four, four games or so. And I thought at times he kind of looked lost defensively, didn't really know where he was supposed to be uh, defensively and rebounding was an issue for them during that three game little streak that yeah, the Celtics a ton had, of right?
0: offensive rebounds
1: a ton of offensive boards and the Denver nuggets are not amazing or elite at it, but they're not bad either. They rank 11th in the league in the regular season during all of that. And I wonder if the inability to secure some of those rebounds is going to be a bit of an X factor in this series. When you have guys like Jokic, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter jr. Who can all, you know, bring a lot of size and length and rebounding ability to this.
0: I think. Well, you look at what was most effective against Boston defensively was going to the zone late zone. in games, mm-hmm. and and Boston struggled with it, right? I, I think that boss uh, that that Denver going to have a lot more crisp execution when it sees the zone, and they have guys that can can bust that zone. You you can just put Jokic in the middle of it and just let him pass around. Look at how much off ball movement that team yeah. has, and you know in that game seven, you
1: saw the Celtics go one pass shoot against the zone. It's like, well, that's not going to work. It's four or so five easy. passes. Yeah. No, <laughs> it,
0: the the Nuggets aren't going to shoot over the top of the zone. You put Jokic in the middle of it, you get the ball to him, you send a cutter baseline, and that zone's going to get picked apart in two, three possessions, and Miami's not going to be able to rely on that. That's that's just the end of the story for me. You're and and I think Denver had a lot of opportunity to get film on how to effectively guard like Bam out of bio, how the Celtics waited for him to put the ball on the floor. As soon as he tried to make a move, just digging and and making his life difficult. And I think you saw Jimmy Butler. They, I don't think Denver is going to really have to double Jimmy Butler. I think you saw like how many times did Jimmy Butler get blocked straight up against the Celtics? Yeah, that's a good point. He, He doesn't have a ton left. He has enough to, to try to have a closing kick like he did in game six. Where he scored 15 points in the fourth quarter, but in quarters one through three, he was just, he was getting blocked and, and it just wasn't going well for him. I think I think Denver, by virtue of the sweep, got plenty of film from the Celtics on how to defend the two most dangerous players, and then you get to see all right, how do we just stay tight on Vincent and Martin and Struess and try to challenge those three pointers a little bit so they're not hitting at a ridiculous rate. I mean, they hit their shots at a ridiculous rate against Boston. Denver, I think, has the advantage of now plenty of scouting, plenty of film, and they have the right matchups to combat what Miami did most effectively against Boston. So uh, I, I just like Denver. I think – no disrespect to Miami. I just think Denver is going to is going to win this uh, fairly easily. I wouldn't – rule it out. Denver also has a bit of an edge to them this postseason,
1: too. Like, a little bit of, like, a no-one-believed-in-us chip on your shoulder. You hear sure, Michael Malone yeah. kind of chirping and talking, and building up his guys like it. crazy. Yeah, and it's been a lot of fun. And you mentioned, you know, they've, they've had a lot of consistency there, too, even if some of the guys haven't been healthy, and they've never given up on that team. It goes back to what we were talking about in the last segment, and that kind of familiarity with one another, I think, has really kept them through, particularly when you have the passing of Jokic. Know it, like, Man, that dude is on the same wavelength with some of those guys because I don't know how he makes some of those reads and passes, and that just comes from years of playing and practicing with one another. But, yeah, I mean, Denver's a heavy betting favorite per FanDuel for a reason.
0: Yeah. Well, I know the guys tomorrow, Nick and Pat, are going to have much, much, much more. So make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On NBA podcast. Get that tomorrow. Like I said before, you can get to Locked On Heat, Locked On Nuggets, they're gonna have full breakdowns on what you can expect. There will probably be a crossover episode, so you can see them you like yell at each other. Those are always fun. I, I, Jake, you know, one of the things I'm I'm most upset about is I didn't get to do a crossover episode with the Lockdown Nuggets guys because that would be fun. Uh, Matt or Adam or both, like that would have been just. I, I might just want to do a crossover with them anyway. Because I was, I was really. It's looking, gonna be oh, your
1: what if over the summer. It's gonna yeah. be we're gonna do an NBA Finals preview here, and what could
0: have been. So go check that. That out. I will definitely be listening to them for for that finals coverage. Finals coverage like you're never gonna find anywhere else. Meanwhile, we're here to talk about the former champs, Bob Myers and the Golden uh, Golden State Warriors. Uh, they're done. They're through. Uh, and there were some contractual things we'd we'd heard the rumors. Uh, he puts out a statement saying, "Hey, it's time," uh, which which basically means he didn't pay me the money that you thought you're gonna you know he thought he was gonna Is get. Eh, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like you know whatever. They, it was it was time. It was time. Right. He's done. He's gone. Um, he gets to chill, uh, and he gets to leave the mess of the new collective bargaining agreement to the next person. I joked on Twitter saying Bob Myers saw one, took one look at the new collective bargaining agreement said, you know what? I'm out of here. And that's it because the warriors are the team. I joked about the Celtics kind of being like catching a stray in the CBA here, but the war, this is the golden state warriors collective bargaining agreement. It's it's geared towards breaking them up and and stopping the warriors from basically printing money via the chase center and the Clippers as well, but it's really mostly the Warriors. And that job's going to be left to somebody else. And I I think a lot of things are going to happen now with Golden State that might get tied to, oh, Bob Myers left and these guys left. And, you know, maybe his connections to some of the players might have been the difference between them staying or going. But I think you're going to start seeing the teardown of the Warriors. and And maybe Bob Myers just didn't want to do that. Yeah, I think so.
1: Um, I I think when you look at this, I don't know if it's necessarily a money thing or just, you know, it's been a while there and sometimes you just need a change of pace, want kind of a a different view on things or to build something else to rather than kind of keep this going because – this summer, what were they going to do? They're going to keep everyone. They're going to run it all back, and they're going to keep going till basically the wheels fall off. And if you're interested, and all these, these front office types are from talking to a lot around the league, right? Like they want to be considered not like NBA title winners, but like executives, right? You want to be in the same name as a dude like Lee Iacocca or something like that, someone who built a company and built a culture and kind of go beyond all of this. And if you just stay with there with the Warriors and Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, etc., are you going to get that or are you just going to be the dude that won a bunch of rings kind of being the GM of the Warriors? And I think that plays into some of this. But certainly the job there is going to be way harder than it was before unless they just have completely unlimited money. But at a certain point with the way the new CBA is and like the effective hard, hard, hard cap on that, you're going to have to tear this down. And maybe he just doesn't want to be the guy to do that, I think. And so, you know, this is where I think things could get. It could be the end of the dynasty, right? You know, in theory, it sounds like Mike Dunleavy Jr. is going to be kind of stepping into that role. And then Joe Lacobbe's son, Kirk Lacobbe, is going to have a more prominent role in the front office, though they're not naming any successors or anything like that yet. I mean, if, if you're Dunleavy Jr. here and you want to put your mark on the team, going back to what I said kind of in the beginning here. You dismantle the heck out of this team and you try and build something new, right? Isn't that literally the plot of Inception, the movie and everything? (laughs) Trying to get someone to kind of get that in their mind here and and build up your own thing and make it your own. And so while it seemed like they were going to run everyone back, if you get some new decision maker in there, unless it's already kind of understood you're not doing this, does – you know, do certain trades all of a sudden become on the table? And does this Warriors team look very, very different than next year? I don't think it will, but it's much more on the table now than it was
0: before. Well, the question is how, how open is that, that window? How open is the Warriors championship window? West was wide open this year. The West was wide open this year. The new collective bargaining agreement rules are going to be phased in over a couple of years. So, this is going to, this teardown's is going to happen at some point. What's the Warriors' appetite for running it back? Um, and it may just be up to Draymond Green. I would imagine that he picks up that player options $27.5 million. Who's going to give him more money than that? But even if you get a three year deal at
1: that, you know, if you get the same amount of money, but more years, like, isn't that kind of safe given the dude's offense is like non existent?
0: I don't know. Right? Maybe 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 he can find 10 million a year somewhere and make 30 million over the next 3 years and that's just I don't know. I I don't I'm not in his head. I don't I'm not in his head. I, I feel like he might um it, he he'll be the trigger for all of this. Uh because the warriors obviously it's Steph, obviously it's Clay, but they're just not the same team without Draymond. Like Draymond makes so much of that work. As much as his offense has has cratered, his defense and his playmaking are still elite, elite, elite. And he was a huge reason why the warriors were even able to make the run that they did. So I it's, it's, I think it would be tempting for them to just say, you know what? One more year, one more year, we're going to run it back. And then after that, it's just tear it down, tear it next summer. Just, Hey, Steph, clay dre thanks but like now you've got to now this is the this is the the way every team goes you've had your run you've won multiple championships this has been an incredible just dynasty in golden state guys are aging out some team is going to want clay you know clay thompson some team's going to want steph curry for however long he's got left and Or or maybe, may, look, maybe the Warriors just say, hey, whatever we're going to do, we're going to keep Steph because we're just going to pay him a ton of money and we'll rebuild around that. And when that money, you know, we'll just do two years to you, whatever, whatever, whatever. But I think the smart thing to do is go the Houston OKC route at some point here and say, our stars are up. Let's get as many draft picks as we can and let's tear it down to the studs and. Build it back up. And if that means Steve Kerr is done, if that means all these guys are done, you say, thanks for the memories and and you move on. And maybe, maybe, uh, Bob Myers just doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to be the guy that has to do all that stuff. And so you say, okay, let's leave it to Dunleavy. You go, you go make the mess. Yeah,
1: that's fair. I don't, I, you, know, you know, there's nothing wrong with Lee. It's like a comedian, right? While they're all clapping you on stage, you just immediately like walk on off and you're like, oh, they all thought of me as like the great thing. No one wants to be the dude that traded Steph Curry or Clay Thompson, even in like the twilight of their careers, whenever that's going to be or anything like that. So, you know, I'm sure money played a factor here. They got, a, they're not, they're not printing money are they maybe they are but ah, point, I like it is certainly over there <laughs> it feels like maybe they're printing money.
0: they're making a an incredible amount of money uh over there in uh san francisco there's no doubt about that when they look they own the building and yeah that's I mean, so smart that is that's the key like unheard of yeah i mean everything that comes through is just money in their pockets so they, yeah, they are printing money. Let's let's get a Taylor Swift contract. What's Taylor Swift doing? Let's get her in here. We need a few million dollars in our pockets. You know, that's that's the Warriors, man. That's smart, good for them, good for them. But yeah. Um it's this is the beginning of the end. Yeah, that's a fair for, way to put it. For the Warriors, whether it's a year, whether it's two. Bob Myers who is as recognizable with the franchise as any executive uh him leaving is just it's it's almost like the first character from your favorite show starting to go like some of the other characters are sticking around but you're like okay oh this person's gone oh yeah oh this kid has grown off as off to college and he's got his own little spinoff show like all right this show's only got a couple more years left it's it's jumping the shark time and man, you know hey had to happen really sometime. Good run. I have that's, taken that
1: success certainly. Every
0: team would sign up for that Golden State Warriors run. Yeah. Right now, uh, hopefully, people are signing up for this podcast. You su- subscribe. You know, rate, review, hop into the YouTube page, comment. Tell us what you think. Why Bob Myers leave? What do you think? Heat versus Nuggets. Jalen Brown. All that stuff. Leave a comment. Say hi. You know. Yeah,
1: say oh. hi. That's not a bad thing.
0: Hey, on Wednesdays, it's us, and we're back. We're back for the, uh, the next few months here. Usually on Wednesdays, it's me. It's John Corrales, host of the Locked on Celtics podcast, at John underscore Corrales on Twitter.
1: And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast, on Twitter, at Nola Jake.
0: Nick and Pat, finals preview tomorrow, finals start later this week. Locked On's got you covered, so make sure you're subscribed everywhere on this network on the NBA side. It's going to be fun. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Locked On NBA podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.